It is the late night version. No, it's not. This is Friday the 12th. And uh, yeah, that cricket sound means I didn't have an answer or didn't want to answer. Decided to be silent when asked something. Hmm. What could that be? Uh, it is Friday the 12th of March. It is 2021. I'm Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink. And Aaron will be joining us momentarily. As we left the radio show, we we're talking about the fact that uh, Netflix is going to make efforts to crack down on people who have been doing um, password sharing. And um, I'm not sure how they're going to go about employing that because I know that if there are, um, you know, the people in your household who are traveling and or, um, uh, you know, like if you have kids at college, that, as I understand it, they're allowed to use that um, uh, pass, allowed to use that account in order to watch shows according to their current licensing. Um, but if somebody has, um, you know, you're sharing it with cousins and aunts and uncles who live all over the country, then there's some issues. And I know, too, that the way they've handled it in the past. I'll talk to Erin about this when she comes in. But the way they handle it in the past is they can tell how many con concurrent logins you have. And if you have more than, uh, I think the default is two concurrent logins. But you can pay more to have more concurrent logins. So, um, you know, if you've got, uh, um, you know, a specific time of day that you're you're sitting and, and trying to watch Netflix. And, uh, and you got kids who are watching their own shows, each in their own room, on their own device. Then you're like, well, dang it, now I can't watch, and it'll, you, you'll get a notice up saying, hey, the you know, it's in it's in use, and so you can go and uh, pay a little bit more monthly and get multiple or get four concurrent, and I don't know if they go more than that, but uh, concurrent logins, and that way, kids can watch what they want, parents can watch what they want, and and everybody's happy, and Netflix gets a little more money, which is fair. I don't have any issue with that. Frankly, I'd rather they see they expand that than then um, try to lock down things by, like, looking at IP addresses and saying where they are, um, you know, within within the geographic locations based on IP addresses and things like that. But, but you know, it's their business. They'll figure out what makes sense for them, um, you know. And as I said as we left the air, you know, it, this is another way to boost your revenue, right? It's like, you know, there'll be a certain number of people who, of those who, who get cut off because they're no longer in the, the same location as the billing address, um, and others will um, will uh, just drop off and never come back. But if they're not paying, Netflix doesn't care if they never come back. And if they are paying, uh, you know, then Netflix will get some more subscriptions. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but. Uh, Something to be aware of, I guess, is that uh, that may be happening. So if you have family members who are using your Netflix accounts, um, be aware that they um, they might, might maybe could cut you off. We'll see what happens with that. I'm going to share that message with my family just in case they uh, 
are, I don't want them freaking out and thinking I cut them off, you know. It's like, hey, if you guys get cut off, um, there you go. Because uh, I've got, you know, a daughter in school, and uh, and she still uses our account. She still uses my phone account. She still, you know, you know, you support your kids. At some point you go like, hey, why am I paying for all of this? You pay for it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're young adults, and they're finding their way in the world. And so you help them every way you can, you know. So that's what you do. Um, let's see what's going on in the world otherwise while we wait for Aaron to get here. Ah, we didn't talk about President Biden at all. Maybe we can get her to do that. Here she is. Hey there. Hello. Are you there, Aaron? Wherefore art thou, Aaron? I hear nothing. Hmm. Skype attack. She's going to call back because um, that didn't work. So um, last night, President Biden did his first primetime address to the nation. And I think he very strongly wanted to send a different tone than the tone that had been set by his predecessor. Um, there was no uh, sort of sense of, you know, I'm doing this and these people, the, these other people are in the way, right? Or, or is there, he, he didn't set a tone of us and them in, uh, in, in any sense. He was trying to say, you know, we're all here. We're all in this together. Um, and he, he tried to be very conciliatory and say that he's doing things that he thinks best for everybody and for all Americans. And, you know, he's trying to keep that rhetoric, which I think he, he also used during his campaign. Um, I'll say that for the first half of it, he was basically telling us things we all heard and knew already. Um, there we go. Yeah, sorry. I got a Much better. My signal was too weak, and so I had uh, to move my car. Weak signals. Yeah, I've had that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that. You know, it's like a, a good decongestant will take care of you. Uh -oh. well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we managed to get through the entire radio show, and we didn't even mention the fact that President Biden did his first primetime address yesterday. Oh. Did, did you watch no, it? No, I was busy watching the Last Chance You. Ah. I, um, I flipped over and watched it. We were watching some... You know, I don't know, some house renovation show or something. And uh, I got a, a little reminder on my phone. It was interesting. It's like, you know, coming up soon. And so I flipped over, you know, a couple minutes early. And then I bounced back and forth between CNN and Fox. And, of course, while he's speaking, all they had was him speaking, so it didn't really matter. Um, but then um, for maybe five or ten minutes afterwards, I bounced back and forth between the two to hear a different commentary about what they thought about the address and then, and then I turned it off because it was like, okay, I got other things to do and didn't matter. Um, but uh, I felt like the first half of the address was him just sort of saying what we all already know, explaining that, hey, it's been a tough couple, you know, it's been a, a tough year, a tough 12 months or so, um, you know, and that we've, you know, done done well and you know to, and we've done, handled things differently and and in different places and that you know some have been more successful than others and that we need to learn from that and that that uh you know we think we're over the over the hump now but that doesn't mean that you should you know pretend like nothing has happened that, that, that you know it's it's 
we, we need to ease back into it and continue to wear masks and things like that. And, and, uh, and then he kind of gave a little update in terms of uh, how much the vaccines had, how many vaccines had been distributed and how many more are on the way. And, and you know, with the approval of the Johnson & Johnson one um, to get that out. And then there was a brief comment about like the, um, the uh, don't, don't get picky and choosy about the vaccines, that they've all been approved and they all are effective. And so, you know, don't get hung up on, on you know, numbers and statistics that people have put out about the vaccines that, you know, if you get a chance to get a vaccine, take it. Um, and, and then he called for all states to allow everybody, everybody over the age of 19 to start getting vaccines by the end of May. Oh, awesome. Which is the first time I had heard anybody say that. And I think it was just yesterday I brought up, you know, they keep saying we're getting more vaccines. And I don't believe them because they haven't changed the criteria for getting the vaccines since they started. It's been two months. And so this is the first time I've heard anybody start talking about changing that criteria, which to me says, okay, we really are getting vaccines. If you change the criteria, there's going to be more of them available. You're going to be able to get them other places and, um, you know, and go forward. Um, So, yeah, hopefully the, the states will take that call and 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 run with it and and make it available to everybody as they as as availability of the vaccine becomes a non-issue which is kind of on the path that we seem to be on right now at least that's what they're telling us so we'll see what happens um yeah i thought the first half was sort of like ho-hum because he was largely talking about that but he he was very very clearly trying to make sure that he made a tonal difference between his talking to the country and and president trump's talking to the country he, he went out of his way to talk about, you know, you know, whether you, you know, that we all have differing opinions, but that we're, you know, we are a, a country and we're all in this together and, 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 you know, and the whole world is in this and that we all need to, to, um, you know, respect each other's differences, but we've got to find a way to move forward, which was a large, a, a large portion of what he talked about during his campaign as well. Um, you know, I mean, that just seems to be his, his line of rhetoric, um, you know, not that, that the actual politicians like in the House and Senate listen to that at all because they're all you know spitting fire at each other at every opportunity and and the uh COVID-19 uh relief bill uh you know passed completely along party lines uh ironically and I was surprised I thought he was going to talk about that and thump his chest a little bit about hey we got this passed and how it's going to be wonderful he barely mentioned it I mean it just right at the end he mentioned that you know they passed this this is going to help America and you know blah 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 and moved right on he, I, I, I had expected, and maybe it's just because that was more of Trump's style to talk about, look what I've done for you, look at how this is going to help everybody. And, and, and he didn't lead with that. He, he, like I said, he said it towards the end, and he barely mentioned it. Huh. So, well, which, which was, I have, you know, stylistically I have very different. him to be, was he jumbled at all? I have found him to be very often a bit incoherent. Uh-huh. Um, um you know, I don't think he was. Style. I don't think he was. And flipping back and forth again between the um the uh Fox coverage and the CNN coverage, of course, CNN was heaping praise on on this fantastic, you know, tone setting and he's the right man for this time and that, you know, that kind of conversation and Fox was well, you know, he 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 you know, wasted a bunch of time talking about stuff that we already knew about and didn't really you know, make any, any, they were, they, what was the point of all of this? It was kind of a waste of time kind of attitude, but they didn't, and, and they didn't really jump on him too much. It did fall right in the middle of, um, 
oh shoot, what's the the young guy that's that's bombastic over there? I can't think of his name. Um, does the evening news shows? I he's the one who I the other day pointed out that he used he he said he's an entertainer and not a news person, and so that's how he got out Tucker of Tucker Carlson. Out of a, yeah, Tucker Carlson. Uh, got out of a lawsuit doing that, and uh, he it was right in the middle of Tucker Carlson's show. So when they came back from the speech, he was the primary person, you know, there on screen, um, talking about it. Um, I thought it was weird too during the Fox coverage, during during CNN coverage, you saw the president on the screen. During the Fox coverage, you saw the president in an inset, and on the bottom right hand corner, you saw Tucker Carlson's face while he was watching, and the faces he. <laughs> And the faces, the faces he makes while he's listening, and he and, and he's got his fur, you know, his brow furrowed like he's, you know, like he's seriously listening to this, and the, and then he kind of lifts an eyebrow, and then it's just, I'm like, why am I looking at this dude's face? I don't understand this. Does his ego require that his screen, his face be on screen? And maybe his contract says you have to be on screen X amount during the period of you know his show time or so. I don't know. It was pretty funny. I'm like, why am I looking at this guy? You know. I mean, if you're going to put a guy's face up there, I want somebody like, um, and if, you know, of course he's no longer with us, but John Belushi. I would have loved John Belushi's face down in that corner, making, you know, like raising eyebrows and going, hmm, you know, at least it would have been entertaining. <laughs> you know, Comedy Central should have covered the Biden address and then they could have had some. In fact, I think Comedy Central should just become Comedy News Central and they should just do news 24 seven and become a 24 seven comedy news show because they would be they would dominate. They would put Fox and CNN and MSNBC out of business because everybody would watch it. Everybody would watch it. God, You know, then Tucker Carlson could go work for them if he's truly an entertainer, air quotes. Well, but he's not a straight newsman. He's not. No, he's not. A, he, no, he's he's a commentator. I get it, and I and I and I'm, I I I keep teasing on that that point, um, but um, yeah, I mean like he reports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, we're not we're not straight news. We make commentary, and yeah, I get it. You know, and there's a place for everybody. And, you know, we. Yeah. We're not out there pretending to be journalists. We're not journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, journalists are are a rare breed and and nearly extinct thanks to yeah, it's uh true. the just, <laughs> you know, I mean really, I feel bad for anybody who says they want to, you know, go through the uh uh journalism program at some of the, you know, like Columbia is one of the best journalism programs in the country and it's like you come out of there and you know how to how to do your job really well and 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 then you go, but where do I do it? There doesn't seem to be a place for journalism anymore. They um, do it at Reuters. They do it at Reuters. I have to yeah. say that I, I like the coverage. Like when I read Reuters articles, I'm, um, I find them to be very fair. I like Reuters. Yeah, I mean, it's not impossible to find basically straight news anymore. You can go find, you know, BBC News and they cover the U.S. stuff going on as well as things around the world. Although their sports page is all about uh, soccer. Uh they call it football. They don't even know the name of their own sport. <laughs> <I think laughs> and then, uh, the you know, and so cricket and cricket. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> you know, but the other one I, I also do and I get a, a daily a morning email um, from AP Newsfeed. And that's usually, you know, Associated Press is just here's what's happening in the world. And I kind of like yes. that. Yes. Um, you know, so there are places you just have to hunt them down because it's hard to find them. But it used to be you could get a daily newspaper and it would be news and daily newspapers have 
dwindled into almost nothing. In fact, the daily newspaper is essentially your AP news feed now, and you're lucky if you have a few people who work, you know, for some local news so that you can say, hey, you know, your local local uh, uh, town is tearing up, you know, Main Street to put in new new electrical lines or, you know, the police are putting up, uh, you know, uh, sobriety testing points this weekend or things like that, you know, or the stuff that's going on in your town. Um, it's getting harder and harder to even get that kind of news because so much has gone online and, yep. and, and there's, it's just hard to get it, you know, and some cities I think are trying to do it as a city. So you go to the city website and they're trying to give you a, like, here's what's happening in our city page, but you know, the city people aren't journalists. So and of course they're propaganda for the city, right? They work for the right. city. So they're not going to tell you, Hey, you know, city council members, you know, one of them is sitting in the drunk tank. Um, you know, whereas a news place will say, hey, guess what? One of your city council members has a problem. Do you want that person representing your city? Um, and I'm making that up as an example. So don't anybody, you know, go running around trying to find out which city I'm talking about or something. Because I'm, I'm not talking about any cities. I'm just, just using that as a made-up example. Um, you know. But, I mean, like, we've, we've had several times on people talking about the recall of a city council member in the city of Riverside, right? And yeah. where's the local news coverage beyond that? I mean, I know there's a, the press enterprise in Riverside, and they still have a newsroom and some a few you know and some news reporters. But um, you know, the, a lot of local newspapers, you know, wh- where they used to have a newsroom of a hundred people, now have a newsroom of like three or five. You know, you're not going to get coverage of what's going on in your city. You know, and usually at least one or two of them are dedicated to high school sports. And what has that done this year? nothing nothing so so what are those you know i mean it's just it's that's an industry that's just been completely devastated and hasn't been very well replaced local news we need we need something like a craigslist to come out for local news well there's there's um uh inland news today out here in Mm -hmm. the inland empire and they carry some local stuff and then um then there's next door but that's just you know gossip from your neighbor yeah yeah, I I was I had next door and was using it for a while and I just got tired of it because it was, you know, I mean the most useful thing was hey I've lost a cat at the corner of you know, he's black and tan, and I'm like well boy that's sad I'm sorry you lost your cat but, you know and the rest <laughs> of it was all just garbage, um, yeah, uh, there's been several people who have tried nobody's really hit on how to do that and then made it go widespread to lots of different localities, you know. But imagine if there was something like that. You could get local news, and then if you're visiting a different area, you could go and find out the local news for that area by going to that same place. But they've got to find a way to make it cost-effective for the people who gather the news. The problem is, is there's not enough money there to pay people to go you know, write stories about the news. So what happens is you let people who are not journalists do it, and then it's not news. It tends to break down into gossip and, you know, and garbage. Well, it's like the Huffington Post, which started, they had citizen journalists, and I'm using air quotes, you can't see because it's a podcast, but mm-hmm. that they're just people who wanted who, who like to talk about things. Okay, that's fine, mm-hmm. in theory, except that you can't put yourself out there as a news site if it's just random schmoes adding their perspective. I mean, the thing about, mm-hmm. about you know, telling the news is that you verify sources and you you, you don't just take what somebody tells you and then run with it. You you have to go back and ensure that it was correct, right? 
you yeah. know, when, when the San Bernardino bankruptcy was happening, um, uh, a long form article was written about it by a Reuters um, uh, journalist. And I have forgotten his name, but he interviewed Tobin several times and he was so thorough, always getting more information, always getting. So when he when the article came out, it was it was so beautifully written. He did such a great job with it. And, you know, you felt like, OK, this is a, this is a good um, representation of what happened. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the local people, they, they had to get it out quickly and they were paid well and they did the best they could. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's, the situation has become largely untenable. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to pay that that reporter s- several weeks to go and spend time talking to people on, on different sides of the story and have different bits of input to be able to put together the entire story and then share it with the public. Right. And, uh, you know, and that costs money and time on effort on somebody's part and they won't do it for free. And and it's also a skill set. You know, you've been these people have been trained or 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 they've been a um you know, either through a college or they've been through an internship at some place like a newspaper or a news gathering agency where they've learned how to do that, what, which questions to ask. Because very often it's the questions that don't get asked that, that, that are, you know, the crux of the story if you're not uh, a professional and not good at doing that, right? Yes. So, and it's very easy, especially if you're talking about political issues, to let the politicians tell you what they want to tell you because they're very good. You know, good politicians are very polished at at presenting their I don't want to say propaganda, but their their slant, their their take on what's going on without telling you what the other side is doing or even worse, framing what the other side is doing in a way that it clearly looks wrong. Whereas the other side, if you ask them, might be able to explain how their position is not wrong, that it's being misrepresented by the other person. And if you only talk to one person, you never know. You know, and that takes time to talk to multiple people and to suss out what's really going on. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I worked for newspapers for, you know, over a decade and um, and saw that coming. I mean, it's just the newspapers had been on a long, slow, shrinking slide. And, you know, while, um, you know, there's still newspapers out there for most towns, they're usually very understaffed now and very often filled with mostly um, um wire stories stories that they don't actually write themselves that they just they download from sources like the associated press and reuters and things like that they just pay a fee and that's what they fill it with and that's how they get all of their their news and then there's usually some local stuff but you know a lot of it's local high school sports and things like that so um and and what used to be you know a staff of people is now a person in many cases and they very often will take uh, exactly the press releases that are sent to them um, and yeah. print the press releases as they receive them. So, um, you know, which is fine to get, you know, like if there's a nonprofit that has a, we're honoring so-and-so this in our gala, whatever, um, yeah. then, then then that makes sense. But if you're talking about actual news stories, you're right. They don't have a staff to do it. You know, yeah. and the people well, who and, do that and, job you know, are, we talked I mean, about reporters behind the scenes there's tons of editors that aren't there anymore either so they don't have the people to go and and edit those stories so you're right they just pick up they they pick up news sources wherever they can whether it be from those those new you know press releases or whatever they just need text to fill pages sometimes yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, Craigslist had a lot to do with that. What people never understood, I think, with newspapers, or at least the the dirty little secret was within the newspaper, if you worked in the newspaper industry, you knew that one of the largest revenue sources was the classified ads. That if you looked at how much money came into that, they would sell ads on the pages for grocery stores and car dealerships and things like that. But classified ads, those little ads in the back that were legal notices and, you know, help wanted and, and, you know, roommate wanted and all of that kind of stuff. Those types of ads were a cash cow for newspapers because you'd pay 20 or 30 bucks for a little bitty blurb in a column, you know, that was less than a square inch of space on a page. And they would have pages of classified ads at the back. When Craigslist became a thing, classified ad sales dried up completely. And that began the death knell of newspapers because their primary revenue source. People think, oh, well, what are subscriptions paid for? No. Subscriptions paid for the to, to print it and hand it to you. But to pay the staff and the, and the rental on the building and all of, all of the big expenses, those were all paid by ad sales in the newspaper. And the primary source of ad sales revenue came from uh, classified ads. Wow. See? Yeah, and Craigslist, I don't know. Is Craigslist free? I don't even know. Um, it's free for certain categories and not for others. So when you post things, um, it depends on what you're posting. Um, and in some, you have to, certain categories you have to pay for and others are considered uh, like a community service thing. And I don't know the specifics of it because it's not something I've done a lot of. But um... I, I, I don't spend any time on Craigslist because... Of you know you hear these stories about people getting robbed or raped or mugged or murdered or whatever because they answered an ad on Craigslist and it's just some rando, um, who, mm-hmm. you know, which I suppose in the newspaper it was too, but at least they had to pay for it, right? So, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I that to me is just too scary. Yeah, well, if you go to Craigslist dot org and it will find your like they have an Inland Empire Craigslist. And, uh, and, you know, they've got a whole job section. So if you want to search for a job in your area, um, there's, you know, help wanted basically stuff there. There's housing, looking for apartments. I know people have, have done that. Lots of, it's also used for a lot of for sale stuff. Instead of doing eBay, you can do it here and you don't have to pay any eBay fees and it's all done locally. Um, that's where it gets a little, little weird because some of the, uh, that's where usually you've heard about problems, right? Is when they sell something. And they, uh, and then you have to actually meet with that person to get your money and hand off whatever it is that you're doing. Yes. And so that's the one where it's a little dicey and they always say, well, make sure you do that in the public area and never do it at your home. So they don't know where you physically live and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Cause at least with eBay, yeah, that. you pay fees, but the, you know, the funds essentially go mm-hmm. into escrow, right? I mean, so it's not like they can take possession of what you, you know. They right. make, there's there are safeguards so that you actually get paid when the merchandise is delivered. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. Or conversely, you actually get what you paid for before they exactly. before they've taken your money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The other thing that they've had is services and and you know so it's like you know find an automotive repair place or cell phone place or a computer repair place and things like that. You know place that to you know take care of your pets and things like that. Um, and they got in a little bit of trouble because I guess uh, early on they had. Um, services were were basically a nice use of euphemism for fine sex workers um uh, and I'm, not, yeah. I'm not sure which category they were using but the and i guess craigslist has gone gone in and removed that category or filtered it such that it's no longer being used that way well and back page which was um from the village voice back page um was where i mean they did all kinds of human trafficking was done on back page and a lot of them 
for kids that were under 18. Um, and they finally, after years and years and years, finally got shut down. So. Yeah. Backpage and affiliated websites have been seized as part of an enforcement action by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So if you go to backpage.com, it is, that's, that's what it says up on top of it right now. Yeah. yeah, and it took years. It took years because they were, you know, uh, they had good lawyers. And they, you know, the, the, yeah. the people who owned the site made a ton of money. But they could prove yeah. that yeah. it was, um, that, they, you know, this is human trafficking was happening. Yeah, basically this is just a front for, for slavery and sex workers. Yeah, April 6, 2018 is when it was shut down. It's interesting that the web page is still there. <laughs> But it's no longer functioning, and it has this big like thing up over the front of it saying, you know, Backpage and its affiliated websites have been seized by the government. But the government's still running it. It's still there. Somebody's still hosting the website. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I guess that, that they would... They, the... Yeah, they, they probably... They, they look at that as advertising. They would rather have that up and, and, and then, you know, you go and say, page not found, right? They want everybody who goes here to see that, hey, this has been seized, this is a bad place, uh, and, uh, and, and is no longer functioning as the way it was. It doesn't yeah. go into a whole lot of specifics other than uh, the FBI, the Postal Inspection Service, the IRS, uh, and the Joint Regional Intelligence Center, among other agencies, including the U.S. Attorney for the District of Arizona, the Child Exploitation and Obscenity Section, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Central District of California, California Attorney General, and the Texas Attorney General all jumped on it. So, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Backpage record certification requests should be sent to info at Backpage. Please remember each attached records you need certified or certification documents you're requesting to be completed and returned to you allows two to three days. I don't know what that means. Certification requests. Huh. Maybe they Maybe were also using that. For some of the girls. Oh, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Um, the other thing I was thinking of, and this may, be, may or may not be the case, is sometimes these type, uh, you know, in the past, like if you want to do a... Um, uh, a DBA, you have to file with your county, and then you have to publish it. And it used to be in newspapers, and I now now I know that they now support or accept uh, publishing online for places. So you can sometimes do that kind of thing um, with like a Craigslist, and maybe they were doing that kind of thing too. And so you just have to provide the county certification that it was published and available over X number of days. And so maybe there was some of that going on on that page as well, since it was sort of a a classified ads type of page. Oh, so. And maybe that's how they used to get around it by saying, well, we also have this legitimate thing where we're doing, you know, <laughs> this is what we do. We can't help what other people do with it, but this is what we would do it for. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm all presuming stuff there that I have no knowledge of, so I shouldn't, so I, shouldn't well, even say Well, I'm not an expert. It. I've watched several documentaries on it. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, these, these, I mean, this was, this was straight up human trafficking, girls, who were either runaways or they were they were kidnapped and they were, um, you know, sold, and they yeah. those ads would be run on, on Backpage and they were under these kids were underage and, you know, that happened and then they, when people had sued and and there were a small group of mothers, who had who were really pushing the lawsuits if I remember correctly it's really, terrifying mm -hmm. and interesting, um, 
to yeah. watch. It's absolutely like every parent's nightmare, right? Is that your child is kidnapped and, and turned into a drug addict and sold into slavery. I mean, it's like that's like the worst possible dream ever. Uh, and then it made one heck of a movie because um, Liam Neeson, right, was was uh, they made a movie that was essentially that. And then he, he, he gets the guy on the phone as his daughter's being kidnapped. And he goes, I have certain set of skills. <laughs> exactly. And then he proceeds to hunt the guy down and beat the living snot out of him and kill everybody who has anything to do with it. You know, it's like, yeah, that's what every parent wants to do if they think, you know, if you have that nightmare, it's like, yeah, that's the way you want it to end. Well, I have a very particular set of skills. I actually have never seen those movies because I... You know, now that the kids are older, maybe I would. But when when, when our kids were like teenagers, that it just it scared me too much. You know, oh, I yeah. just it's 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 literally the the worst possible thing you could imagine. You know, uh, it's the series. Is, I think there's three of them now, but it's uh, Taken. Oh yes, is the name of the the first one, and then I don't know. It's like yeah, I guess there's a Taken trilogy. So I'm looking at it here. Uh, so there's. Taken, Taken 2, and Taken 3 in 2008, 2012, and 2014. I can't say that I've watched them all. I think I've seen 1 and 2. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Are your 17-year-old daughter is traveling, and she's on the other side. You know, she's somewhere in Europe. And, and you're on the phone with her while she's being kidnapped. Right? I mean, wow. What a horrible nightmare. Yeah, I can't imagine. What was your question? I, um... Uh, where the movie is good. Um, the first one was very good. The second one was pretty good. It, it, the second one would have been very good had it had, had you not seen the first one. Because I mean, it's you know, I mean, once your child has been kidnapped by bad guys, uh, here I think the second one, the sort of the premise is, is that the the cartel that the bad guys worked for come back at him because he you know messed up their their business in Paris or wherever it was that the first. I think I think it was Paris is where they ended up the first one ended up being um but but yeah there's liam neeson maggie grace famke jensen apparently there's two seasons of a um tv series based on this too i didn't even know oh hmm. yeah it's been so long since i had regular tv yeah clive james standen who was rollo on um on vikings plays the uh so i tried to watch vikings it was too violent for me yeah i could see that it, it it it's pretty brutal um you know it it shows the um the sort of human carnage that uh happened in war during a time when you know the highest tech weapon was you know a sharp edged blade of some sort you know, um, yeah, I can see that. It's really well done, and its stories are well told, and 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 uh, and it's based on actual historical characters and and historical events. Even though they play with it a little bit, they have leeway with it. But it's interesting if you go look up the names of the different characters and the history there. Um, it's very interesting that what they've done with it, and I found it very entertaining. But at the same time, yeah, it's if if you're uh, if you're not willing to to uh, sit through some of the brutality of it, then it's it's a difficult watch for sure. 
Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I yeah, guess I... like uh, what was that uh, move that 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 show? I think it was on uh, on HBO about the bicycle gang. Um, not bicycle, uh, motorcycle gang. I was they, like, bicycle uh, gang? Uh, yes. the Cosby kids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, motorcycle gang. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the... Um, and I watched part of that, but I didn't watch the last season because I just got tired of it. Um, it lost my... You know you know how certain things kind of grip you and you keep watching, you want to watch more, and at some point they just kind of peter out. And that one, to me, just kind of petered out. But it was... Um, um, yeah, I'm blanking on the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. It'll come to me. Um, yeah, it, it'll come to me. But it's uh, uh, I had uh, that there was a scene where somebody who wasn't supposed to be wearing their jacket was wearing it. Like you, you have to earn that. And 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 um, oh no no he had gotten a tattoo. He was trying to get into the gang. He had gotten Sons a of Anarchy. Sons of Sons of Anarchy. They burned it off of him. Like right. set it back on fire. And I that was it. I couldn't watch anymore. Yeah. It was like, you know, there are certain symbols and, and it's like, it's like the movie colors, right? You know, you, you walk through the wrong neighborhood with, with, you know, green shoelaces and, and you could be attacked just cause you, you know, you're like, huh? I didn't know. Um, like they match my shoes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a Boston Celtic fan, which in LA should get you in trouble, but no, um, <laughs> No, it, it, it should, you, you should be uh, teased mercilessly, but that's about the extent of it. Exactly. Because it's really Celtics not all fan. that serious, guys. Yeah. Come on. It's sports. You know. So um, an interesting story here, because we only have a few minutes left. A British baroness has responded to police, uh, suggesting that women not go out alone at night with, diff- uh, with a different proposal, that men not be allowed to go out after 6 p.m., um, the Metropolitan Police warned residents, including women, not to go out alone following the dis- disappearance of uh, 33-year-old Sarah Everard, or Everard in London. Um, mm-hmm. The Green Party member, Jenny Jones, also known as the Baroness Jones of something I can't pronounce, responded yeah. that, <laughs> that by turning the idea on its head, I argue that at the next opportunity for any bill that is appropriate, I might put an amendment to create a curfew for men on the streets after 6 p.m. She said that she feels that this would make women a lot safer. It's like women are the ones being attacked. Why do we have to adjust our behavior? Let's 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 make the let's make the men adjust their behavior. They're the ones doing the attacking is essentially. Um, uh-huh. uh, well, they, I think, is probably a wrong, wrong assumption. But 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 the idea, actually, I, I don't have any issue with if you're going to say. Uh, first of all, I don't think you're going to pass a law saying that either gender is not allowed out. It's going to be a recommendation, right? Right. Um, uh, well, but I, I, I think, right. And, and I totally, I, I actually like what she's saying, you know, personally, I don't think it's workable, but, but, you know, if the issue is that when both genders are out, one gender is getting attacked on occasion or, or there's a fear, why is it the ones that are the victims that have to now adjust their life? Why yes. can't it be the the gender that's the aggressor? Now, right. in both cases, there's a whole bunch of people who are innocent and have nothing to do with this that are going to have you know rules imposed on them that restrict them in ways that are probably unfair. Uh, and because of that, I don't think anything will become of it. It's not workable. But it's an interesting point to make, and I actually like it. Well, apparently she re- she received what she calls a deluge of 
misogynistic emails and tweets. Um, and she says that rather proves her point about the problem being with men. She said, I just don't think that men understand the pressure that women are under. Uh, women have been sharing experiences of harassment or assault and tips for how they keep safe when alone in public. And, you know, that, that you know, and her point was really uh, to, 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 to show that, look, it's women who are being attacked, like you said. Um, and I think it's interesting. I, honestly, I don't like the idea of a curfew, but maybe stiffer sentences for men who assault women. You know, I mean, if, I think rape should get a life sentence in pr prison, automatic. You rape somebody, and it's like, mm -hmm. like a violent rape. Um, then you, then, then that's sex crimes are evil. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. To me, that's that's right up there with just killing the person. You know, and and why should we say, why why are we, you know, equivocating about how w w you know the the worstness of them? I mean, it's 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 knocking on that door. Um, uh, the the issue is, you know, is how certain are we that that person is there, you know, and, and each case has to be taken in its own. But, right. Uh, My point is simply that, you know, if if it's a situation where this is these are the gray lines, like both the, the guy and the girl are drunk, they end up hooking up. Mm -hmm. She has regrets the next day. You know, right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's or even not regrets. Maybe doesn't clearly remember, and so she says, "Well, in my in my not in my sober state, clearly I wouldn't have done anything like that." So you know, this was not what I wanted. But in her inebriated state, you know, she may or may not have. You know, yes, or he may or may not have. You know, he may have behaved in ways that he wouldn't have sober as well. You know, it's not. It's it's. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of gray area, and that's got to be figured out. But uh, you know, that's why we have courts and trials and judges and. Yeah. Hey, remember we were talking about people stealing catalytic converters? Yes. So apparently the thing that's in there that they're after more than anything else is rhodium because it absorbs certain chemicals or, or helps them convert certain chemicals. And rhodium is the most expensive metal on earth. It's more expensive. Oh. It's 20 right now, currently today, $26,100 per ounce. Oh my God. It is the rarest metal on Earth, and it is a um, the most expensive metal on Earth, more so than platinum or gold. Or uh, it's in the platinum family, apparently. Uh, but twenty six thousand one hundred dollars an ounce. Yeah, and believe it or not, it's it's um, somewhat inert, so you can use it for jewelry and stuff. And in fact, I found a uh, I just did a quick search and found a pretty cool looking that almost looks like a chain link men's ring that is. Uh, a uh, white gold ring that's rhodium plated with, with they call, what they call black rhodium and it had black um, um, sapphires set on top of it. Pretty cool looking ring for uh, a little over $1,000. Wow. Now, is rhodium, I mean, is it shiny? Is it matte? What does it look like? It can be polished. It actually kind of looks like, um, to me anyway, and of course I'm looking at pictures on, a, on online, right? So I don't know how you know that has a lighting and, and stuff has a lot to do with that but it looks to me something similar to um like titanium like i have a titanium ring that's like super lightweight and it's funny because when you put it on it it absorbs the temperature of your skin almost immediately so it always feels like it's room temperature it never it, or, or or you know when it touches your skin it picks up the temperature off your body it's very conductive of heat um 
which I find very interesting. You know, whereas if you put on a gold ring or something, it usually feels cold if it's been sitting in a room, right? And it takes a while for it to warm up to your body temperature. The uh, uh, titanium goes very quick. But um, anyway, it looks that way. So it's kind of a, a grayish silver, but apparently it can be polished as well. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And it has, uh, it's, it's almost, it's almost never um, uh, like a blend with nickel, which a lot of different steels and a lot like white gold often has a high nickel content in it. Um, when you buy it as a like jewelry and people, uh, there's a lot of people out there who have a sensitivity to nickel. And so you can't wear those rings. Uh, but rhodium, uh, you know, if it's like rhodium plated, then it's, um, you don't have that issue. So, but it's not cheap, not cheap, but you can go around bragging. It's rhodium. It's rhodium. Somebody will cut your and, finger off to steal your ring. And there you go. <laughs> Gotta be careful. So we're almost out of time here. Uh, we'll, we will end on that happy note. You can tell I've been watching The Sopranos, right? <laughs> so, all right. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for joining us today. We will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Whoop.